0: Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to another episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santo, joined, as always, by the Venom to my Spider-Man. That's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing?
1: <laughs>
0: hey, man, your movie's coming out next year, and you're being played by Tom Hardy. How does that make you feel? Better? Way better. I
1: mean, no way. I would I would talk like that all the time if it meant Tom Hardy would play me in anything.
0: All right, and the kingpin to our Spider-Man and Venom, that's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how you doing?
2: Man, I... <laughs> just, just insult to injury here. You,
0: you know, my goal is always to pick someone that you like. You can say you, Mysterio you, because you res- no one res- likes Mysterio, but you I res- love Mysterio. You respect, but you respect the choice, but you also full on hate it. That's my goal it's, every week. It felt
2: like a dig because I eat nothing but cookies this off season. <laughs> Dude, uh, have but,
0: you watched the new Daredevil show? Yes, and man, King I Pen's tell you, it's like the Kingpin. King
2: I play the long game. <laughs> 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 Eric, Eric, I'll just say
0: in that show, Kingpin is shredded too. Oh, he, is, he is the best actor too. All he's right.
1: like he's thick. He's like the Walter Jones of the uh, Daredevil universe. Yes.
0: All right. So uh, at, like Pete Carroll, we're going to give our end of year press conference here. We're going to talk about the Seahawks final game and then the future for the Hawks. Probably less about the final game because it was not super exciting. I don't feel like. And
1: also I feel like most of the stuff I want to say about the final game, I'll say about the season. Yeah. All right.
0: So uh, yeah, it was a nice little microcosm of the entire season. Like a, that
2: seems a real... to be the word everyone's throwing around. Yeah. Uh, the the news networks, the, the Pete Carroll himself, the blogs us it's true it's it's what happened all season it was awful i'm glad it's gone
1: well what we lost on a missed field goal after racking up 75 more penalty yards than they did if that doesn't if that doesn't <laughs> summarize the season yeah
0: uh, we lost a time of possession battle in a game we might have won
1: uh, we only had 17 running back carries and 28 and 29 passes uh, uh, we, we were
0: 1 for 12
2: on third down we had less than 300 <laughs> total yards of offense
1: <laughs> we asked Jimmy Graham to lead block most of the game. Uh, <laughs> there was there was an
0: inexplicable stretch where Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin could not be stopped. We had a it awesome, had everything.
2: Well, we had an awesome Tyler Lockett touchdown that was nice to see again, and then immediately gave up a huge return on the kickoff. <laughs> we we can keep going. <laughs> we allowed
1: three sacks and seven QB hits. Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, this was uh, Jermaine Effetti freaked out again. Yeah, uh, oh my Deion gosh. Jordan
0: got a sack. Yeah, he was he was losing his mind. That's because cu- uh, he got a look at his there was, own PFF there was a, uh, numbers. There was a stretch of the game where we punted like seven times in a row on a bunch of three and outs. Yep. Uh, actually, I think it was more than that. No, no, we scored a touchdown in here. All right, good. All right, so that yeah, that's that's our review of the last game. Hope you liked it
1: as much <laughs> as we hated watching it.
0: Uh, I was like, I had the Red Zone channel on one TV and the Seahawks game on the other TV, and at some point, I turned the sound off the Seahawks game. I just couldn't take it anymore. I was uh, like, I was like, this is stressing me out too much.
1: So, for those of you who don't normally, maybe this is their first time tuning in. Uh, <laughs> Dear Lord, to, yeah, well, where the fuck have you been? Um, but yeah, you picked this time to start. Ouch. <laughs> yes. Uh, to, it's Jimmy, about it's Jimmy Garoppolo. What was it? it? Was the Rams game? The Rams game. We gave our sad eulogy on the season. Uh, we got all of our true anger out after that game, and uh, we're going to get some more out in a couple of minutes, but uh, w- we don't have sadness left. Uh, as my pappy used to say, sometimes you got to laugh so you don't cry, and uh, this was a game to laugh about, gentlemen. Hey, at least we didn't turn the ball over. Yeah, we fumbled twice, but we didn't turn it
0: over. Uh, that's all I got. That's all I got for positive. That's another thing we that's do my all net the time. positive for the game. We didn't fumble. Deion Deion Jordan is a restricted free agent, and he's good.
2: How about uh, that? Shaq
1: Griffin got an interception. Yeah. Uh, Russ threw for 221 yards. He had 7.6. We shut down their offense. It just didn't matter. I mean, uh, Kerwin Williams had 3.3 yards per carry. Uh, Stanton had 4.3 yards per attempt. We shut down their passing game. Their run game didn't do a lot, but it all did enough that on four Phil Dawson field goals... Yeah, they won. Don't I would... forget
0: Elijah Penny. Yeah,
1: Elijah Penny.
2: <laughs> I don't want to. This is not a dig at you, Kevin. But the preview for this game last week, <laughs> towards the end, Kevin's like, and uh, don't don't forget the the Cardinals are really vulnerable in their special teams. They've got a really old kicker, and he's he's gonna be asked to kick a lot, and he's probably gonna miss one. And all game, I was like, oh, here it comes. No, no, this was this was the game. That Phil Dawson what, wanted Shane to end McCoy. his career on. <laughs> what about like the just? He's
1: retiring with Bruce Arians. They're gonna walk <laughs> off together in the sunset. Well, Phil
0: Dawson is a year older. Carson Palmer retired, so oh, did he really? Yeah. That's... Which means we're probably at we're probably just about at curtains for Larry Fitzgerald, which is too bad because uh, he deserved better. That is, is too it...
1: bad. I'd love to see him go for a, go to a Super Bowl contender for one year see yeah. if he can get that um, ring.
0: Among rivalry players, I think he's like one of the ones I had the most respect for. I just I have a massive
2: amount of respect. maybe we could get him. For Larry Fitzgerald, he says oh, this said, is his
1: favorite place to come play. You said Super Bowl team, Kevin. Shut, shut up. <laughs> Got hey, him. Hey, he could play Jimmy Graham's exact role. Hey, you want to imagine? He'd block better. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't want to piss
2: anyone off, but can you imagine Fitz on the Patriots? Dear That's Lord. where he's going. Dear Lord, don't
1: do it. Just don't do it.
0: I don't know if he would. He'd be so good on that.
1: Oh, let's not talk about he it. He would, but I think he would just rather go to a. Yeah, this right. This welcome to from the Larry Fitzgerald's front bedroom, uh, where we only talk about Larry Fitzgerald. It's <laughs> all
2: we've got, Kevin. Uh,
1: okay, let's 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 take more <laughs> Bryce. We got, the game. We all we uh, need.
0: Mike Davis is probably going to be back as a rotation player next year, and he looks decent. Uh, I would not. I'd be. I'd be unhappy if he came back as the number one running back. If they. If we go into the next season saying, "Hey, yeah, we're just going with Carson and Davis," I would be extremely nervous. Uh, about our prospects, uh, those are two guys who have a uh, checkered injury past, to say the least, so far. Carson
1: doesn't have a big injury history; he just got hurt this year. I think that it was bad a, luck. I mean, he's a rookie, so it's hard to but say. But that being what, said, which way? I do agree that I don't like the idea of the two of them being our co-bell cows. Yeah, because you're not
2: going to have. Uh, um, Procy and McKissick, we don't really know. Procy is so good. The one play, one to
0: ten plays, he's on the field every season. Man, he looks
2: good. Yep. Yeah, he's uh, he's what we always wanted with Percy Harvin.
0: It's like Better. commuting in a BMW. Better be.
2: Yeah. I say what we always wanted because we wanted a guy who would play more. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, so he's exactly like, the same. Yeah, it's 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 good attitude, Percy Harvin. Uh, all right then. Uh, Rawls uh, was, was
0: looked decent, like he could be a p- functional NFL player again. But
2: uh,
1: had a really boneheaded penalty on a taunt that right. screwed us and uh, that's probably his last play as a Seahawk. I yep. was gonna he's say he's pretty much
2: done now. I don't really see him coming back. I, I don't really know about the taunt. I just think it was he probably you know you
1: stood over a player and you shouted down at them. He, he that, wasn't that standing
2: over, at. was he? Didn't he just get right back up? Eh. Either way, the ref was right there.
0: Yeah, it was, that was a dumb play. We continue to not be able to score on our first drive unless you count the field goal, uh, the, I mean the kick return, as our first drive, <laughs> uh, which I don't. So we uh, we continue to be uh, ineffective on our first drive. Remember, Bill Bevel, his job is to script the first... Really, he's got to script the first 10 plays, right? So um, the first 10 plays, he we punted uh, on like three of them. So however you feel about that, you know.
1: Yeah, Daryl Bevel, man. That guy,
0: that guy knows how to call a game. And then... Uh, so yeah, we had ten
1: offensive plays and then th- and three punts in our first thirteen plays. All right, so let's go get let's get right into this. So it's Seattle Seahawks. This is this marks the beginning of the Seahawks off season. Um, we're not going to talk draft yet. Need to wait and see kind of how some things shake out there right, as far that, as like, underclassmen declaring right, and all exactly. that.
0: Exactly. Like there's a lot of juniors that are actually like pretty interesting in a draft that has like a like a low ceiling but a high floor and uh, you don't know like which of these juniors will decide like hey you know what i could probably get overdrafted in this draft
1: a little bit and stuff like that some position groups uh if juniors come out it's going to be a strong group and if they don't it's going to be a weak group um you know we don't know who all is going to end up being free agents at this point uh so instead it's time to talk about a different angle instead of thinking roster construction let's talk staff construction because I think we can agree that it's time to make some moves. And uh, our, our arch rivals, Phil Goals, uh, put up an article about uh, moving on from certain coaches. And I think we can all agree. We've talked about it a lot. But I think it's deep, a time to deep dive. What do we really think about this coaching staff? What do we think about the future of them? Uh, what do we think about like the now?
0: Sure. Okay. What do I think about, about the two coaches that we have
1: right now? What do you think um, about? Uh, d- let's talk coaching staff first of all. Let's talk all right. whole staff. Uh, who do you think needs to go? Um, who are you uh, not ready to call out? And uh, who do you think has to stay?
0: Um, I'm of the opinion that just about everyone can go. If uh, if there's no there's no one who I think is not. We spent a lot of money on this roster, and a lot of guys are are really talented. And uh, I felt like all year. Uh, We got a little bit less out of more. Dion Jordan is like the exception uh, success story where I felt like someone outperformed maybe what I expected, and almost everyone else underperformed. Uh, Let's start. I can start on the defense because I think this is the one no one's calling out. Chris Rashard. No one says Chris Rashard's. Chris Rashard is too samey as as Coach Carroll. It's like we need someone a pass rush specialist or front seven guy to balance it out. It can't just be a bunch of secondary dudes. I think that. Our front seven rotations were all messed up Bennett played way too many snaps uh, like there's just all kinds of weird stuff going on there that needs to be hammered out not saying Richard couldn't hammer it out I I
1: like him but uh just he he needs to be like talked to at least yeah I agree I think that's a really good point to bring up is uh, Richard came in as a DBs guy um, Gus Bradley was a linebackers coach for Tampa before he came over and uh, Dan Quinn um, he also coached uh, in the front seven. I think he was one of those guys who coached kind of everywhere on the defense um, over multiple stops. So, yeah, I that definitely true, think Kim. there needs to be something said about either, uh, you know, if we keep Rashard as D coordinator, then who is our defensive line coach? Who's our linebackers coach? And how much do they have his ear? I think you're right. Like, if if because we all know Pete Carroll's the defensive back whisper.
0: Uh, I think Rashard. It's Pete's defense at the end of the day. It's yep. Pete's defense all the way. But we know Pete is a defensive back specialist. That's like has been his role his entire career, right? Like, yeah, he's,
1: he's a he's a DB's back. He's a, he's a DB's coach dating back to the uh, Minnesota Vikings in the seventies. Right. So like he he knows defensive backs. He knows how to get
0: a lot out of his defensive backs. I'm not doubting that. I just want someone to bring the other angle of that. You know, to someone. Well, you to want come more pass
2: rush. You want you want intriguing I mean, blitzes. Maybe
0: my biggest problem is that Cliff Aver was hurt and that messed the rotations up. Like, imagine nothing we can do about that. That's. I
2: don't think Rashard should get a free pass, but I don't think he should be fired. I don't think so. I don't think he should be fired either. I feel yes. like ragging on him is really. We're looking for things to rag on at this point. He is getting better. Uh, there, he had some good moments this year. He's he's dialed up some good. Uh, what I don't want to say blitzes. I'd say he's dialed up some solid schemes. He was not working with a lot towards the end of the year. Towards he, the middle end of the year.
1: I thought there were times where he really utilized the corner blitz better than we have historically.
2: I thought it was a surprise when he did it and it worked.
1: Yes. Uh, Shaq Griffin had a couple of sacks. Coleman had a Shaq couple had of one. sacks.
2: He was one for one on the season.
0: In one blitzes. for one on the season? Perfect, perfect pass rush efficiency. <laughs> that, that's okay? efficiency. like
1: Yeah, Justin Coleman had one. Uh, I I, feel I do feel like our front seven rotation, uh, especially uh, especially the way that we didn't utilize uh, rotation on the D line a lot of times. Um, you bringing up Michael Bennett's snap count, I think is really important. Uh, he spent he spent a ton of time on the field, and that's not what you want from an over thirty defensive end. What's funny in the in the preseason, there were guys that I was
2: happy to get rid of, and then as our depth went down, I was like. That could would have been a, that guy. It would have been a body that we could have had who at least knew our scheme. Where was Bass? I where was uh who's the magic dude that you guys like so much who sucks really bad and is out of football now? Come the on. The magic dude? The magic who plays Magic the Gathering? Me. Oh No,
1: No, you're talking about uh Anna Oh uh, Cassius Marsh. Yes, Cassius on Marsh. The Patriots.
2: I don't like Cassius Marsh a whole lot and he's a boneheaded guy who gets a lot of penalties. Having said that, if he would have still been on this team, I think it would have helped our defense at times. It would have given us more depth than we had. It's someone in the system. Uh,
1: I don't think he gave us more than the, Marcus Smith. The bigger the I bigger
2: mistake did. was having to let Freeney go for cap reasons. Yes, uh, that was
1: a huge...
0: Screw Fre- you, Houston. Freeney like a, was, was a huge piece that we could have used down the stretch to keep our defensive ends fresh, and instead we had to just kind of Roll with it, and Deion Jordan got banged up because he's not used to the full load of playing a bunch of NFL games in a row. Which you can't blame him because he's been out for like two seasons, three seasons basically. Is Houston
2: getting anything for that?
0: Uh, their GM got fired. Uh. <laughs> so, wait, no, he took a, so, he took a leave. Did he get karma? fired?
2: No, he's he's done. They're done with him. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I just think it's interesting that Russ can get you know a hundred or the Seahawks can get a hundred thousand dollar fine for their concussion protocol on Russell. And, uh, you know, this, people around the league did not like that move that the Texans did with Jeremy Lane. And it it just baffles me.
1: What's going to happen is there's going to be, like, a little rule that's going to be showing up in the ownership meeting about uh, paperwork and physicals and stuff that's going to be, like, in response to it. Because that's how they usually handle that kind of crap. All right, so we agree that something needs to happen as far as in the defensive coaching room, the coaching there around needs Richard. to be a balance on which voices are being heard. I think we agree there. And there's some roster construction questions.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then, so let's go to the next coach. The next obvious one is the Tom Cable, right? To go after Tom Cable. Yeah. Um, sure. Tom Cable. Okay, there's this narrative out there that Tom Cable is making less out of or more out of less talent, that the Seahawks' offensive line is just devoid of talent. Okay, and I don't understand what at what point do the Seahawks have to commit resources for people to shut the fuck up about that. Because if Fetty's a first-round pick, Post is a second-round pick, Britt's a second-round pick, Odiambo's a third-round pick, Joko was the former number two overall pick, and Dwayne Brown is a former all-pro. At what level do we need to commit resources to the offensive line before people will go, you know what? Actually, it's not that Tom Cable's offensive line Spur. He just sucks. Yes. Name, n- Tell me times Tom Cable coached an offensive line in the top 10 of either pass blocking or run blocking that didn't have Marshawn Lynch. Oh wait, you can't find it because it doesn't exist. Yeah. It, it doesn't exist. It's not a thing. He was not good. He's a, not a good coach. He's, he gets all the credit for stuff that he had no control over. When Marshawn Lynch ran for and had all those great seasons for the Seahawks, he was first in the league year after year in missed tackles. Year after year he makes it. even this year, whenever when Marshawn Lynch is a, a shell of what he does, he has 3.09 yards after contact, good for fourth in the league. He's third in pro football focuses elusive rating. Marshawn Lynch is a beast. Okay? Even the 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 32-year-old older version that's just repping it for Oakland, right? Going for the town. Okay, but the but the thing is is that that is why we were successful all those years on the run game with cable. And if you go back and look at the pass stats, there's one season where we were okay at pass blocking and a bunch where we sucked. Okay, this is
2: not a new problem. Also, look at the guys we got rid of that we wanted to get rid of. J.R. Sweezy is a prime example. He is a defensive player that we moved to the offensive line. He is a guy that I did not like on this team. He was a guy that went on and improved elsewhere.
1: Uh, if you look at the types of seasons that uh, Carpenter had in, yeah. uh, yes. in New York, yes, Kevin, he went to the Jets and he became a better player. These are guys that
2: I wanted gone.
1: Uh, look at the running game that we're anchoring over Unger in New Orleans. Unger is someone I didn't want gone. That's the only reason why I didn't bring no, him No, but up. he's a guy who but went to New Orleans, and he has been he up everything line. you could possibly want there. He was well, a game changer for them. Let's look
0: at Okung, too. Okung is eighth in the league in pass blocking uh, efficiency. Like, I mean, the, There's all these guys that are ex-Seahawks uh, linemen that are doing well all over the league.
2: It's not just... Yeah, it's not just... The you evidence know, is guys. all there. There's no evidence to keep Tom Cable. None. At all. There's there's talk that Indianapolis is going to give an interview to Tom Cable and that he's the frontrunner for the job. I don't know if I believe that. Chris Richard is actually getting an interview from Indianapolis as well. Yep. We heard that uh, Daryl Bevel was the frontrunner two years ago. Remember? Yeah. We were really excited for uh, that. He was
1: getting final interviews in a couple of places. Yeah,
2: and it didn't happen. So I'll believe it when I see it. But bottom line, Cable does not deserve to be on this team. Let's Ooh. be honest. The... the, the Indianapolis is not hiring a coach until the season's over because
0: they got to interview all those Kansas City guys. Uh, their GM's a former Kansas City guy. They're not. They're not going to hire one of our coaches before that. They-
1: no, and Nagy as well as uh, oh, who's Childress are both uh, considered solid coaching candidates, and Childress has been a coach. Um, to go back and double back on some of the numbers that uh, you were talking about, Nate, mm-hmm. in 2010, uh, Seattle ranked 14th in. Uh, Adjusted sack rate. Mm-hmm. In twenty twelve, they ranked twentieth in adjusted sack rate, and they've been twenty fourth or worse every other year. And they've never, they, dude. They're, they have been never it, been, they have been better than twentieth once. He's never been cable. involved
0: in a top ten blocking line. And I'll put that in scare quotes. You know, like that's when you do the air fingers blocking line, without Marshawn Lynch. Okay, and what, well, what what's the common factor there? I, I would argue it's not cable. It's the fact that we had a borderline Hall of Fame running back at his absolute apex. Yeah. And if you don't think that that guy was that good, go back and watch that run against the Saints. Just you know, loop it around a couple times and just remember what
1: we had <laughs> when we had a real running back from 2010 to 20 or from 2012 to 2015. We were fourth, ninth, fourth, and fourth in adjusted line yards. Outside of those years, it's 28th, 19th, 26th, 31st. So, outside of four years of prime Marshawn Lynch, we've been no better than 19th, and we've been 26 or worse three out of four years.
2: And our quarterback during uh, those early years, Kevin, was... That'd be, that'd be a Tavares Jackson. Yes, and don't forget, Tavares Jackson, not a good quarterback. Not a decent quarterback, in my opinion. At the time, we were like, yeah, he's, he's you know, bang average quarterback. He's not a good quarterback and we were a run first offense. We invested more in the offensive line and it still
1: was not that great. Yeah. Um so I the case against Bevel or the case against uh, Cable is very strong. I think we can all agree about that. Uh the question is and I guess we can do this after we talk about the next coach. But the question is will Pete move on?
0: Well, I think Pete is a Pete's a deadlock to stay. So uh, I, no, I, I mean, will Pete move on, move from, on cable. from cable? <sighs> I think that it's hard to say.
1: Let's talk after we finish going. Through everyone, the
0: I think at this point, everyone knows they're on notice. They have to be. You can't have a season like this and not be on notice. Um, okay, let's go to let's go to Bevel next, Kay. which I think is the obvious choice. Uh, Daryl Bevel. Uh, Daryl Bevel, I'm. I understand why Pete has had his back for so long. I think Daryl Bevel has is a good coach. I'm not, I'm going to go to bat with that. I think he's a good coach, but you can't just keep doing the same thing and expect different results. And at some level, that's the definition he doesn't, of insanity. He doesn't, he's, he doesn't have the ability to script plays with this personnel group and be successful. So there's no point in keeping him around. Okay. And I hope that he goes somewhere else and is very successful because I think that he, he is not that bad. But there's no, he's just, he's done here. It's over. It's like Larry Brown in the NBA. Like, I always use him as an analogy. But, like, at some point, certain coaches just wear out. They're not they're not going to be effective in that spot. They need to just change so that they can get the ear of some new guys or get some fresh personnel. And, yeah, him and this team is not a good mix.
2: Why, it does not work. Why did we bring Bevel in? We brought him in because we were moving to a run-first
1: offense. Well, quick note. You don't have a lot of people that stay in the same place as an OC for eight years. Yeah, it's a yeah. Long, eight years a long tenure. Yes, is. As an
0: OC, it's a very long
1: tenure. But, as an as OC. you were saying, uh,
2: yeah. So we brought him in for, uh, to to bring us to a run first offense. How how good has our running offense been? How's our has our rushing offense
1: been the last couple of years? Okay, so let's go through his entire tenure. Yeah. Like so it. starting in twenty ten, um, this is according to DVOA from uh, Football Outsiders. I mean, but let's say twenty eighth, fourteenth, first, seventh, first. Third, guess who was our running back? Yeah. 22nd, 22nd. Thank you. Those last couple of years. This is moving to
2: a pass offense, mostly. Not all the time, obviously. But Russell's been asked to throw more. Daryl Bevel is not a passing offensive coordinator. He's been here a long time. Uh, Kevin, on the way in here, we were talking about how maddening it is to to see his play calling, how it takes us out of the game. Uh, you you brought up a you had a good phrase for it, where I where I explained it as, you know he's so it's mundane to a point where he changes it up when he has to change it up. You had it you you phrased it a lot better.
1: Well, uh, for me it, it was lazy. It's boring, lazy, okay, and yeah. lazy. Uh, lazy's the big one, and that goes back to what Nate said. Uh, as an offensive coordinator, you know we we always joked about this back in the Holmgren era. Oh, here's the scripted twenty here's the scripted 10 Bevel's script i mean Nate how many games this year did you go it's like bevel didn't even watch the film
0: it, like, it feels like
1: almost all of them
0: how many times were we in just like third in a, a third and 12 like like at least create manageable down and distance like the the team just didn't do that at all like they had no idea how to like just i don't know like just manage their offense it just felt completely Ooh. off off base,
2: and this week I saw a, a nice pick play that actually worked for us. Um, we had our, our receiver drop the ball, but I will say that those picks are those pick plays are plays where our offensive our receivers are moving uh, down the field in different patterns is isn't enough for me. I'm sick of seeing third and five or third and six and seeing a five to six yard hitch route where. Our receivers stay in one spot, and Russ is waiting for lanes to clear so he can see. Uh, The defenders match up perfectly with our receivers. We don't have a shitty receiving core. We've talked about this. We have a good receiving core. It's the coaching. It's the planning. It's the schemes that are not working. And it's the just,
1: dropbacks it's the confusion on yes, the offensive line and we've picking talked up the block about
2: How how far Russ is dropping back and, and yeah. it
1: plays into his weakness because his first instinct is to drop back further when he gets in trouble.
2: Yeah, and how is uh, how is that read option gonna work if we're constantly dropping back so far and then all of a sudden we're not? Ooh, is that is that called tipping your play? It's frustrating and like the cable argument, I don't see any argument or any holes in our argument that says, Bevel, you deserve to stay.
1: Uh, I'd like to bring up one other thing, just to kind of clarify something. I think, I think, uh, Eric, you hit on a really good point, and that is we're transitioning into a passer, a more pass-heavy style of offense, built around a quarterback and really a receiving core that we're paying in a way that we didn't before. Yeah, we were a run-oriented offense that looked at times and places to take our shots, and that worked really well we don't have a sustained run game and bevel doesn't bevels not committed to the short passing game in a way that we need to be to pull off the other type of offense but okay. so what we end up with is a lot of uh taking shots and this year has been marked by an offense that has no consistency we score off of big plays on big drives or we don't score at all the,
0: the team is is really good at in play action as well yeah but it's like very hard to set up a good play action when when the running game is just like so non-existent like this year was the first year russell wilson hasn't hasn't had the number one qb rating in play, on play action plays and as long as i can remember he finished ended up night 19th his qb rating with play action was 94 it was actually worse than his qb rating with no play action what was his clean pocket rating uh well the kept the kept clean things tough because of how little he's kept clean but like I'm just gonna go back to last year okay just because to give some some reference so this year he had you know 93 94 93 with play action 94 with no play action okay last year his QB rating on play action 121.8 second in the league behind only Tom Brady Oof. no play action 83.9 like it's a huge difference where the offense has completely changed and it's because we can't run the ball anymore no running backs over 250 yards
2: not one. Um, And that's not all injuries. Yeah, it's not all injuries. No, that's talent. I mean, as as much as... It's
1: scheme. It's scheme and it's talent. And this is what they want to bring up because, uh, you know, shout out to the person on Reddit who uh, came back at me and said, hey, Cable's the run game coordinator. How much of this is on Cable? And the answer is lots. Lots. All of it. Because six days a week, he's in charge of... Uh, instilling the run-blocking scheme, making sure guys know what they're doing. And so he is in charge of the whiffed blocks that allow the defender to knife in and hit the running back. He's in charge of all of the missed assignments. But Cable's in charge of play-calling.
0: Ever since they took away the chop block, honestly, our
1: run game's been trash.
0: And I really do think that's because that's all Cable had. He was good at teaching this one thing. And maybe, and then, and that's it. Once it was gone, it was over. Yeah. That's, that's it. If you, if you want to know why we hate cable so much and how we hate Bevel, cause he's a wife beater and he is not <laughs> even a good person. Like, like at least I can root for, I can root for Bevel because I know that he's a good person. Like I'm, I've known people that Neville never punched out any knew, of his assistant coaches on the line. Yeah, he never punched out assistant coaches and did not beat his wife. Like what? I say I don't even know this about what a Cable. Stand up, dude. Now, there's a There's a There's a E60 report about Cable
2: uh, oh. with Hodge's ex-wife in it. You should go watch nice. it. Uh, I don't I don't need to. I hate him enough. Uh, there was a play. <laughs> no, there's a play in this game where and I I you gotta I
0: talk about this Cardinals
2: game again. No, just one play. Just just okay. for one play. Okay. All right, and I'll, it I'm was try to... you'll love it. It, was it before or after we? Uh, the game already didn't matter because oh, the game didn't matter before we played it. You know that. So the <laughs> rush. Russ hikes the ball, and we have the right tackle and the right guard move to the left, mm-hmm. and and to to block left. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the uh, the four man rush has already made it through Britt, Brown, and Jokel, and Russ is on the ground. Yeah, that right there says it all. That is one play, and you can say like. Oh, that's one play, yeah, but we've seen it so much, so much. Uh, the right side of the line is moving to move into their zone, and before they can even get halfway there, halfway there, Russ is on the ground.
1: Well, and Bevel's the one calling these plays where Luke Wilson and Jimmy Graham are lead blocking. Yeah. I mean, he's calling those plays. Well, Bevel, Bevel and Cable work hand-in-hand on this. It's not like they don't communicate. I agree that Bevel can go somewhere else and have some success. Uh but I do think it's time for a new voice. Cable, I just think, is bad at his job and has been writing. Like you said, he was a one-trick pony who had a Marshawn Lynch to make it look better. And, you know, what do we hear every time they draft somebody? This, these are these – are, we have this list of seven guys that Cable said – if you give him those guys, he's going to be able to do something And so we with them. spend
0: a high draft pick overdrafting some offensive lineman that no one else even wanted. A
1: Feddy who would have been a second-round pick, we pick him high in the first round because Cable's guy says he's going to be a left tackle of the future. Man, that's worked out.
0: He's, the, he's really the right tackle of the future. Oh, well, um,
1: sir. He might be the right
0: guard of the future.
1: That's, not, that's not You true. know what? He might have someone come in here and teach him how to read what a defense is doing and be a really serviceable right guard or right tackle. If he has a
2: veteran on the line that can really help him and calm him down and let him know that it's not the end of the world, I think he can be a productive player. There are moments where he's not the worst guy on the field. And,
0: Kevin, I'm going to go to your point about up, moving the offense more up-tempo, getting the offense going quicker. Those short passes? Because... because um, let's talk about the Seahawks offense okay? Um, in the league uh, I can tell you the NFL QB rating of every quarterback who gets rid of the ball in either 2.5 seconds or less or 2.6 seconds or more, um, first of all Russell Wilson has the longest average time to throw in the league other than Tyrod Taylor uh, so that and Tyrod Taylor is notorious for holding on to the ball too long, that's like his thing But let's just say, when Russell Wilson gets rid of the ball in two and a half seconds or less, he completes 69% of his passes for 21 touchdowns, a 105.6 QB rating, good for fourth in the league. When he holds on to the ball for 2.6 seconds or more, he drops all the way down to 13th, completing only 53% of his passes for 13 yards, seven picks. And here's the part that really... Chaps my ass, I guess. Is that he has way, way, way more dropbacks that last two point six seconds or more than everyone else. Three hundred and fifty, which is forty two more than Jacoby Brissett in second place. Yeah, that's okay. insane. It's nuts. It's Stupid. And how many five-step drops do you see? Get rid of the ball, Russ. Like, don't. And also, when as soon as that five-step drop gets called in, just say no. Just be like, mm, nah, dog. We're ne- we're not doing that. That's
1: not a thing that's happening now. And that's fine <laughs> on play action, or that's fine, you know, three times a game. But, you know, when it's five times a drive, if the drive lasts that long, that's a problem. Like, it's okay to, like, wind up and, like, put your back into a deep one. But, like, he's dropping back, having the ball for almost three seconds, and then trying to throw, like, a seven-yard pattern. It's like, nah. All right, so I think we've covered Bevel here. Bevel, yeah.
0: and I, I got my Russ stat in there, my irritation with how long Russ holds the ball. Okay, uh, So there's one left, right? Brian Schneider. Uh, Brian Schneider. Brian Schneider. Uh, I think Brian Schneider's gotten a lot of credit for our special teams being good when really we just use our starters on special teams and no one else does. Uh, when the injuries happened this year to our starters, I think it, it showed a flaw in that mentality, which is that you can't have players going into their 30s playing special team snaps when they're good defensive players. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I could take him or leave him. I don't really care that much though. the The kicker was bad. The, this punter, John Ryan, was was as good as I could have expected a a punter nearing forty to be. Like I don't know what else I could ask from him. He he obviously gives a shit too, which I like. <laughs> so yeah. so so Here's so, uh, the thing though. We good also on you, had John we had I mean, who was
1: a good kicker, and John Ryan who's a good punter. And when they were on top of their game, like because. You ask around. Special team coaches don't teach kicking and punting. They teach everything else to let the kicker and punter do their job. Yeah, it's yeah. A cover-
0: their coverage. Coverage coaches.
1: Exactly. Well, the coverage has been getting progressively worse. As you said, Nate, we use a lot of starters, and that's putting more wear and tear on veteran bodies. And the last four years, we've been 19th, 3rd, 15th, and 20th in special teams DVOA. I would have no problem letting them go. I mean, you know, as much as you clamor, special teams is kind of fungible like that. Like, sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. Uh, some teams are consistently really good at that, but that's kind of the exception, not the rule. Uh, I think, again, we can, if we we're consi- moving on from some people, it's probably a good time to just move on from everyone.
0: We consistently controlled field position, though. So that's, that's um, yeah.
1: That's That's a valid point. So take him or leave him. I think is kind of our verdict on this one. Yeah,
0: it's it's. A, I would I would trust Pete's judgment on this one. Whereas like with Cable, I've seen enough. I feel like I if he if he um,
1: if he if he well he, here and elsewhere he's proven what he is. If he
0: if he keeps Cable, it's always compete unless you're Tom Cable. Then you don't have to compete for your job. You just get to have it. I guess I don't know.
1: I've um, got some photos. Yeah, um, I don't.
2: I don't know how you move.
0: I mean, maybe he's a 9/11 truther like Pete, and that's why he gets to keep his job.
2: <laughs> I don't know how you how you move into next season with Tom Cable as your offensive. Can line
0: coach. you? Can you? Tom salty when I start bringing the 9/11 truthers? Yeah, that's that's this. usually yeah,
1: that's, rock bottom. That's that's Nathan you. you don't worst. remember it until then. Um, oh,
0: oh yeah, he is a 9/11 truther.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. That's <laughs> when you're coming up with your shit list of Pete Carroll things. That's on it. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, I would say sorry to all the 9/11 truthers that are fans of our podcast, but I'm not. Um,
0: Hey, well, Russell Wilson, you know, he went from fourth under pressure in NFL QB rating to like fifth last year to like fourteenth this year. So you know, he was worse under pressure too. That's on last year. Cool.
2: Towards the middle end of the season, you know, we moved to that up tempo offense. That it. There were some for adjustments. Us. Yeah, there were adjustments that actually worked. And this year, I don't know if we even tried adjustments. Nothing worked for us. We got worse and worse. That Dallas game, oh my
1: gosh. We won that game, too. That's not a pass.
0: Well, at the end of the game, I said this feels like the most undeserved yeah, win." This is the pass.
1: worst December I've ever seen from a Pete Carroll team. Oh, absolutely. Not yeah. even bad. close.
0: They, they did not finish strong. They did not do what we expected. Even of the Pete two travers Jacks. In like a lamb, out like a lamb. Can, can you win the game in the first quarter of the season, Kevin? Can you can N- you not make the for us. us. Can you make the playoffs in the second quarter of the season? <laughs> can you make the playoffs in the third quarter of the season? No, you make the playoffs in the fourth quarter of the season. Or don't. Or or not. yeah, Or nah.
1: You know, uh, so we've gone through that. Let's talk about the final kind of big thing around the coaching changes. Uh, and that is... That no one's going to change and we're all going to be super salty about it? That if no one changes, we will be super salty because... Oh, yeah. You I'll, know, I'll lose faith in this team. There's the Pete's guys thing. But I'm going to go back to USC. Go get in the way back machine here. You know, because Pete Carroll, he's talked about, you know, he died. You know, in the NFL, he died. He was dead, career over, buried. Um, And once you die, you have nothing left to lose. And so he wanted to do everything his way. Well, he did that at USC, but there were times where things got stale. And you talk about, you know, Pete doesn't want to change coaches. That's true. But what Pete will allow is he'll orchestrate a lateral movement for someone. He'll kind of help them find a landing spot that's a lateral move. I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, Tom Cable land as offensive line coach on one of these umpteen million coaching staff openings that are happening this year. This is a good year. There's gonna be like eight or nine entire coaching staff turnovers. And this is a good year to go find someone well, a job. If
0: Childress gets a head coaching job, then he can have his old friend Daryl Bevel back for yeah. sure.
1: And I could definitely see that happening, and that would be in Indianapolis. So, you know, you have Childress coming over from Kansas City to Indy, and you have him bring his buddy Darryl Bevel over for a run-first offense to take that pressure off Andrew Luck. You know, these things, you can see how it might happen. And if Pete can allow for that to happen, he's shown that he'll move along from someone he just doesn't like dumping people out on their butt. Well, and I think the problem with that right now is because
2: the playoffs are still going on. You're not going to hear anything about this for at least a month. I mean, there's not going to be yep. any move made. Yeah. People, people want to
0: sign Matt Patricia. People, want
2: you're right. They they want to they want to get through all the
1: interviews before they sign anyone. Because these guys may be Bevel, but really these guys are not getting head coaching jobs. So you need to wait for the head coaching dust to settle. So these teams whose offensive coordinators are becoming head coaches. Whose offensive uh, assistants are moving up to offensive coordinators, and who are these defensive coach are? These coaches who need to build staffs too. Yeah, yeah, we're a month and a half away, and so you're going to be looking at a lot of offensive, offensive staff openings in February, and they're going to be looking for people to fill those openings. And don't be surprised to see, you know, we release Daryl Bevel from contract so he can pursue new opportunities. And that's the way Pete will do it. If Pete gets to put a happy spin on it, he'll do it. And that's fair. I mean, if he believes
2: in his friends and they're his guys, then, you know, he doesn't want to look bad. That's. Well,
1: and he got he got dumped um, in the NFL. Yeah. He had some he had some tough breaks. And I think that he always worries about doing that to someone else. He doesn't want to do someone else like that.
0: All right. Well,
1: Uh, do we talk about candidates?
0: Uh, or like, we talk about that next week. I feel like we're out of time. We're All right, we're let's do that next week. Let's do. Let's just talk about. Um, there's one thing I do think we need to talk about, which is just the roster in general. Uh, rumors are going around now that Averill and Chancellor are like, you know, Pete says they're they might not ever play again, which is uh, not something Pete would say lightly.
1: No, that's uh, uncommon.
0: So, uh, so that that that's going thing. Are there? Okay, let's start with this. What are the, who are the players in your mind that we absolutely have to bring back next year? Who are the guys that are just like absolute, and let's not include rookie contracts or restricted free agents. Obviously, Shaq Griffin, Deion Jordan, uh, other rookie contracts, Posich, uh, they're coming back. So just let those ones go. Okay. Of the other guys, who are guys that, and I'm assuming you guys aren't going to throw like the Davis Sue level hot take out here and tell me that we need to get rid of uh, Russ. Not that I completely disagree with what he, everything he's saying, but just that.
1: That, that, feels that a little it's, hot taking. It's,
0: it's a little too far for me right now. Uh, um, Russell Wilson, among all-time NFL players, is fourth in QB rating. So, so you're just, asking me? Are you basically I'm just asking me who the core of the team, team is? Um, yeah. Who are who are? The, so Russ on the offense.
2: Are there any other offensive
1: players? Russell and Doug Baldwin on the offense. Keep those two. You can build around them. You don't. What about Paul Richardson? I want Paul Richardson, but he's a replaceable asset. So's Lockett. The, the so's Jimmy.
0: The checkered injury history makes it so that I, I don't feel like I.
1: If you're, if you say, Lockett that, has
0: never been quite as good as he was before he had the really bad injury. I've, I don't know if it's, it's, it's some combination of he doesn't trust it and he doesn't, um, you know what I mean? And the injury. You know, he isn't. doesn't have a
2: mean face, but it's like, <laughs>
0: I mean, like, it looked, it looked like it was back on that 99 yard. It was the first time I've ever, I've seen him this year where I was like, whoa, like, i don't know
1: lockett looked like he had all of his burst on that play yeah i agree.
0: Like, like it looked like he had all of that the, that stuff back that i haven't really seen a ton of this year and it well, I, when you break a leg it takes a while to come back that's what that i'm point. thinking is that he just didn't trust it completely so i hope what what ha- ends up happening here is that we get him back on kind of a cheaper deal because he because he just didn't trust it till the very you know end of the season because if he's as good as he was last year in, in health wise he's He's one of the best third receiver utility players in the entire league. Maybe. I
1: want Lockett and Richardson back. I absolutely do. But if you're saying boil it down to the core, who do we need? I want Russ and Doug. Okay, you can build an offense around just those two. On defense, I want Bobby. I want Earl. I feel like you can build the rest around those. I two. I want KJ. I feel like we could. I feel like KJ's replaceable. He's great. It'd be hard to find a piece that's as good as him. I don't want to trade him. But if you're saying, who is central to the identity of the team? If I have to boil it down to nuts and bolts, who do we have to have? For me, it's just those two, Bobby and Earl. For me, it's, we can ju- build around for
0: me, it's just Bobby. I'll be honest. I love Earl Thomas. He's fantastic, and he's he's complete. Th- same with KJ. I think they do stuff that's unique to them in the NFL, right? Like they—they're they're unique players that are, they're unique talents.
1: Uh, I think Earl allows the defense to play the way that Pete wants.
0: There's a reason that other teams are willing to turn over every dude on the roster. It's because you got to get cheaper at a bunch of different positions to get depth, right? You got to like you got to do these reclamation projects like we did with Deion Jordan. That's an example of a, a move that the kind of moves you got to make, but you got to do a bunch of those.
1: Well, and having Bobby Wagner on a. Th- uh, third round pick rookie deal. Or look, Having uh well, KJ well, Wright on a fourth round pick rookie deal. To, Having Russell Wilson on a third round pick rookie deal. To be
0: honest what we did with what we did with uh Dwight Freeney was a perfect move except yep. for we were so sh- cap strapped yeah. because we paid every single guy on our defense like at least 6 million. And you just can't pay everyone and I want all those guys to go get money and be successful but I just this I'd he, love to keep them all but this roster as constructed is just not going to it's not going to ever be great again. It's just there's too many guys making too much money.
1: It's what happened to the Bears in the late 2000s. They had that Erlacher defense that had right, and no one Peanut can... Tillman and <laughs> Lance Briggs and a bunch of pieces that all had to get paid, and they all got paid, then they all got a little old, and then they all hurt. got a little hurt, yeah, right. and no one couldn't build an offense that functioned.
0: No one can get injured in this situation. Plus, you're going to have...
1: Olin Kruitz. They couldn't replace...
0: Right. You're going to have weaknesses on tape. Per, certain parts of the ball because you can't pay offensive linemen enough or you can't pay... Uh, you know, it's just... Yeah, it's, it all adds up. So, well...
1: So, yeah, it's, it's tough decisions,
0: but, you us, know... Send us a million emails about what you think. Who are the players that n- don't include rookie contracts? Please don't say we can't get rid of Shet Griffin. Of course we can't because he's making like three million dollars a year and we have him for the next three years.
1: Basically who are the stars that get paid,
0: right? Like, do we need to, do we absolutely have to bring back Sheldon who said, I want to be a Seahawk next year, which is pretty cool. I did not see that shit coming. I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, uh, do we need to No. do I really want to, that's on my birthday list. Sh- Sheldon was a very, <laughs> Sheldon was very, very good last year. I, I quite enjoyed watching him play football. I
2: thought your original question, honestly, like I feel it changed to, to the boil it down. Uh, Who do we who do we need on this team? Like boiling it down to like the essence, that's one question. As far as like the next step down or next step up, like who do we need slash really want on this team? Uh, On offense, I I would maybe add Paul Richardson, but on defense, I think KJ is essential to this team. I think Sheldon Richardson is essential to this team. Uh, We talked about Bobby. I think Earl. uh, Beyond that, I don't know. Frank Clark. Man. Just because of his age and his ability, Frank Clark's not on a rookie contract though. He doesn't count towards what
0: well, what, what we're talking about. Yes, there you go. You can't count those those rookie contracts. are you got it. That's you got to have
1: guys like that, guys who are performing well on rookie contracts. And we need the next Frank Clark. That's the thing. We need the next Frank Clark. We've only got like one more year of Frank Clark. You know, at that if level. we want to have Earl Thomas, then we need to be able to have Shaq Griffin. And we need to have another guy across and from him on a honest. rookie contract not getting paid big because Earl Thomas is supposed to be... Over the top, allowing them to be a little less because he's a little more. Shaq's
0: pretty decent. Like I, I, think he's a really talented player. And he's he's going to get better, but he's young, and he 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 was like a bang average cornerback this year. Like it's not like like which is good for a rookie. Bang that average was really on a rookie raw. deal is not bad, right? And so he's a rookie, and he was raw, but he has a lot of room to grow still.
1: And I'm hoping that he can keep getting better. Uh, Coleman is never going to get paid big. Those are the kinds of players that you need because he's Coleman never going to get paid big, and so he's good. a real good nickel
0: corner. Yeah, he was the tenth best, tenth best uh, slot coverage guy in the whole league. And this year. how much do you think he gets paid
1: if he's a free agent today? Yeah. 3.5, 4. It, yeah, no one's ever going to give him more than like three and a half, 4 million because you can't pay that much to a nickel corner. But he is so perfect in his job.
0: How much are you paying Philip Gaines? Like however much, that, how much that is. That's how much. Uh, that's how much Justin Coleman can make. He's just like a. Yeah, he's just a. Brook. He's
1: perfect at his job. Yeah, it's like. And a, he
0: didn't get fined for that kettle celebration. He they, shouldn't they have. Took away that fine. That was good. Uh, you guy. can't use props though, Kevin.
1: He didn't use a prop. They put the prop there. That's on them. <laughs> All
0: right. Are we we are didn't we, land
1: on Sherwood Forest. Sherwood Forest landed on us. All right,
0: Kevin. Uh, take us to the mo- the money zone.
1: All right, man. If you want to talk to us. Hit us up on the Facebooks, on the Twitters, on the emails. We are at Facebook.com slash The Seahawks Nest. We are on Twitter. We are Seahawks Nest. At, at Seahawks 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 Nest. Nest. Yeah. Um, You can email us. We are uh, podcast at fromthehawksnest.com. Uh, but it's better if you just send us a direct message. You know, um, Talk to our man Augustine. He knows how to get a hold of us. Does it all the time. Uh, uh, just send us a little, uh, little chat there, and we we're, we respond quickly and with uh, no, much detail. Another, another thing too is that um, you could send
0: us your credit card numbers, your love letters, your mail bombs. Uh, send them all. Send them all to admin at, at fromthehawksnest.com. You know, just just send them right over, and uh, we'll upright deal
1: with that. Got message number four one nine. Especially if it's a mail bomb. If you're a Nigerian prince, just, you know, send over that information. We might forward you that $10,000, you know, because we trust in you. Yeah, sh- sure. Okay. All right. Uh. <laughs> um, otherwise, the best thing that you can do is you can go on patreon.com. Uh, if you search Seahawks Nest Patreon on Google, that's the best way to find it because the user interface on Patreon is not good. And if you can support us for just for just $1.24 a month you can ensure that we have functional podcasting equipment and reimburse Nathan for the money that he puts down on stuff so that uh, we could upgrade just, our mixer system and buy some stickers to send to people. I'll be
0: honest. I'm just trusting that the Patreon will get there eventually. And it, and it has so far. Yeah. So, um, all right. Movies? Do we talk movies now? We're talking movies. All right. Well, let's we have a whole club of movies. Talk de- want to talk depressing movies? Like, since we were depressed? Yeah. I think it's the either mood. depressed or mega happy. Um, all right, what what do you uh, what do you want, Eric? You have a depressing movie that you really uh, you really go for in a time like this, because I had an idea for today, but uh, but it, it it's it's kind of more fun and uh, quirky. You want to do that? I want fun. Yeah, I want to be cheers all right, mood. All right, let's do this then. I want you guys, and I'll go first since I've had time to think about this. Let's tell people what were our favorite movies of 2017, and maybe just give like a like a short pitch of all of them. Uh, we're gonna go top five, Eric. So you can go with that. Um, if you need to go on your phone and bring up a list of the movies from 2017, that's fine. I've already taken the time to uh, figure my top five out, so um, so I can go first and then you guys can uh, can bounce off. First, I'm going to tell you my honorable mentions. These are movies that I liked, I thought were good, but they didn't quite make my um, my top five. Okay so my just outside the top five my, uh, my movies that just missed and sorry I'm trying to pull up my list here while I talk which is why I'm
2: like kind of filibustering um, what, if, uh, what if you're a guy who just doesn't see a whole lot of movies in theaters but can you list movies that you really wanted to see and you're excited for you can say what I
0: did, what I did is there's, movie, there's a movie that I thought could crack the top five that I still haven't gotten around to watching so, uh, so you, can, you, can, uh, you, can, you can do that that's something I did um, so here we go my favorite films of 2015. My honorable mentions. Sorry, sorry, I'm almost there. I'm like the worst right now. I'm, okay, so the movies that I that just barely missed that I done was sad about. Oh my gosh, where is this stupid thing? Okay, here we go. Uh, Wonder Woman, John Wick 2, Thor Ragnarok, Disaster Out of Shape of Water, and Split. Those are all movies that I liked. I thought were very good. And they just barely didn't make my top list. Those are all movies that I saw. Um, and then the other movie that I think would be have a chance to make this list that I haven't watched yet is Logan. I know it's on HBO and I have no excuse at this point, but I just haven't gotten around to watching it yet. All right? So that's my that's my almost list. All right? Number 5. I went with Baby Driver, which coming out of the theater, I did not think would make this list, but it is the one of the most rewatchable movies I've ever been around. It is I quite enjoy turning it on at almost any point uh and i enjoy it greatly i've probably watched it 10 times it's the, probably the movie i've watched the most on this list uh or just put it i just put it on sometimes it's it's a really fantastic uh movie for that uh the sound design is just incredible in this movie like they lined up all the gunshots with the music and stuff and you don't notice stuff like that the first time you're watching it and then you watch it and you're like man that's incredible i can't believe they did that so baby driver that's my number five number four blade runner 2049 a visual masterpiece. Uh, sometimes I was, uh, sometimes I was really weirded out by this movie. Uh, I felt like they stayed in certain scenes too long. But overall, uh, Dennis Villeneuve could do whatever he wants. I hope he doesn't make Dune. I hope he makes another movie like Sicario instead. But you know what? If he makes Dune, I'm gonna watch it, and I'm probably and I'm probably he, gonna like it.
1: Is he directing the uh, Solida, the uh, follow-up to Sicario? Uh,
0: no. Oh, that's too bad. I think it's the it's the guy that wrote it. The guy the guy who directed Wind River. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm back
1: it, in. It's going to be good. I'm back
0: in. Uh, Co- Coco, my number three. I've not left the theater feeling better than when after I watched Coco. I was just, I'm, I felt really good after I watched that movie. So I like Coco. Coco was a the feel-good movie of the year for me. I quite enjoyed it. I almost cried. I mean, you almost cried. Shut up. I
2: was going to say Nathan. Nathan doesn't doesn't
0: show up uh, Hashtag not gay. Number two, uh, the Big Sick. Uh, the Big Sick was my was was very funny. Uh, and it was heartfelt. Um, and uh, I don't know, I felt, uh, I just felt, it just felt really real to me. And that's it, not surprising that's based on a true story. And I just, I thought The Big Sick was, it was really hard for me not to put it first, but the number one movie was just such a slam dunk for me. It wasn't even close. Get Out, my number one movie of 2017, Get Out was fantastic. Uh, it was the perfect blend of both like thriller, comedy, uh, and social commentary all mixed up into one. Uh, jo- I'm so glad that Sony, after or universal sorry after this movie came out was like here here's a blank check go make whatever you want now great choice because jordan peele just killed it with get out so that's my top five for 2017 and i also named a bunch of movies so that should help you guys kind of formulate your top fives eric are you ready
2: yeah i'm ready Uh, i don't i don't think i have five for you though just because i haven't i'm not like i'm not gonna put the last jedi in the top five just because i saw five movies it it didn't belong in there (laughs) but i'll give you some movies yeah. Uh, I I would like to come in number three. Okay. Uh, actually, number four. Let's go. Um, I'll give you a top four, Nathan. All right. Number four, I'm going to go Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Guardian Volume 2, great movie. It's hard to make a sequel that can uh, replicate the success of the first movie. Uh, and by that, I mean I want it to be fun. I want it to be action-packed. I want it to be funny. And I want it to have heart. Cool. And Guardians uh met or exceeded in that realm it
0: was crazy to me like when i was writing down the movies i liked i was like i I had fun when i watched guardians but it just wasn't in my top 11 like
2: i just like i don't know it got you see a ton of movies i do and before you got that pass i would have seen at least five more movies had you not got that magic movie pass that you got from the (laughs) leprechaun whatever that was uh (laughs) number three i'll say baby driver as well uh i have not rewatched it but i remember thinking like oh you know this movie's an eight after i watched it and i'll back off that a little. It, you know what trope did it not have? But it had awesome sound editing. It had an awesome soundtrack. It had great performances. It had a decent performance from its number one protagonist in the movie. Hey, that's that's Golden Globe nominated actor Ansel Elgort to uh, you. Yeah, I I think that's a stretch. <laughs> um, How did he get a Best Actor nomination and Camille didn't get it for because Big Kevin Spacey's a terrible person. And they wanted to deflect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I I really did enjoy that movie though. Uh, number two is Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, probably the best all-around movie of the of the group. Uh, the, the, one,
0: the Wonder Woman Baby Driver thing was a huge. Debate here's the
2: thing about Wonder Woman. It's why is it not your number one, Eric? Because it's not fun enough to watch over and over again. Yeah, it was. Uh, a, I immediately wasn't bought it the particularly Blu-ray. fun movie. I no, agree. but it's a great movie. And it's good. to one, like bring a a female hero that everyone is forced to give a shit about to the big screen was awesome. It's a huge risk too. They took to yes, like, and it's Wonder Woman's a beloved character. It's a beloved character. It's a superhero mega giant. Okay. They did her right in every single way from her origin to the action, to who she is at her
1: core. The world building was the most clever for any of the <laughs> yeah. DC movies.
2: And it was, I mean, really, if you're looking at Batman movies, uh, I love the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. There's not a lot of world building to do there. It's a guy in a bat suit in a city. But Wonder Woman pulled off the Amazon Island. It's it's a great movie, and the costumes are great too. Number one, ah, I feel like such a boy saying this. John Wick Two, that is a movie I've watched multiple times. Hey, did you? That see, is a movie that that's I a want highly watchable. Movie. That you, is it's just so much fun to watch. And my favorite thing about John Wick Two is I'll say yeah, you know the first John Wick it's great because you know he he shoots a guy twice in the chest and once in the head, but John Wick Two. He shoots a guy once in the chest, 17 times in the face. (laughs) It's it's just kind of silly, but ultimately that movie, it's not pretending to be too much. But it's just smart enough to not be super did you, dumb. Did you also miss Logan this year? Yeah, I didn't character? see Logan. I didn't see Spider-Man Homecoming because I'm going to grab that on my way out since you had two weeks to open it and you haven't yet. Hey, that's the first movie I want to watch for my uh, my year of weekly watching movies. My first
0: movie is going to be Spider-Man Homecoming. So. I was going
2: to say, you, uh, you're you back an to school movie. and you have a child on the way. So I am taking that ASAP. Um, I didn't see Coco. I desperately want to see that. I want to see Phantom Thread because I love Daniel Day-Lewis and, and I PT Anderson love big T- fan. Paul Thomas Anderson is my hero. Um, big Sick is on Amazon. I'm sure I'll watch it. These movies could have cracked my top 5 probably would. I also really wanted to see Dunkirk. Did you see Shape of Water yet? I know you're excited no, about that. No, that's like that's that's I've just named 5 movies that would probably be my top 5.
1: Yeah, for me I'm in a similar boat. Uh, I need to see Shape of Water. I need to see Dunkirk. But I I saw, that was a movie I wanted of, to see at I home. saw Shape of Water. I heard it's uh, great. Uh, it's exactly what it says on the tin. I didn't even see
2: Atomic Blonde,
1: man. Get Out, Logan, Coco, and The Big Sick are the ones that I think could crack my top five. and but you I haven't didn't seen see. yet, okay. um, Those are high on my to see list. The movies that just you didn't see missed, Get Out yet?
0: I didn't see Get Out. yet? I haven't either. Oh it's, my gosh, we're gonna have a watch party, guys! HBO. It's on HBO. Dude, I want it. to. It I've great. told
1: you like three ah, times, man, but every I time it, it's just not. I have a good HBO. Day. It's just not. Re- it's not regular STV. It's not regular STV. <laughs> this is HBO. <laughs> um so, I have four movies that just missed okay uh last Jedi I very much enjoyed. I okay. don't care haters gonna hate I thought this movie was very entertaining uh, I was
0: I was also entertained during last jedi there there was one storyline that was a solid ten for me like I was fact like, I was like I'm I love this part of the movie so much
1: and guess what all of you uh angry ass nerds that's the one that you didn't like yeah, so probably the so one so you deal with the least. it Cause that one was a ten. Deal with it. I said it. Yeah, come at me.
2: You're not saying what it is, so no one can come at you. We don't want you to. We don't want to spoil. Whichever we'll talk, whichever
1: we'll one afterwards. you think it is, it's that one. Yeah, that's right. At me, bro. Um, Blade Wait. Runner 2049 was visually stunning and beautiful. Uh, they used Harrison Ford exactly right in that movie, and there was a lot to like. And it would have been on the list if it was 25 minutes shorter. But there were easily 25 to 40 minutes of just kind of wasted scene where you're like, this could have ended. I understand they were doing a lot of beautiful things and they wanted to show them, but just just show them a little less. They're doing a thing here. That's what I kept saying. (laughs) (laughs) They're doing a lot of things. Amanda, they're doing a thing right here. Um, Atomic Blonde just missed. This movie was well shot. Um, It was gritty as hell. It was not a movie that gets made very often. And I thought it was very worth watching. Um, The twist is pleasantly done. And in general, I just thought it was a really solid movie. Uh, And the last one is Guardians of the Galaxy 2 just missed my list. Um, It was very entertaining, but I'm trying to factor in the fact that the nostalgia effect weighed in on how much I like this movie. Picking music that I enjoy. Picking characters that I have great, awesome feels about from the first movie. Um, those are things that led to me probably enjoying it more than it was great. So, but I've had to say, this is my number six would be guardians. So my number five is wonder woman. Um, beautiful movie. I can't really say anything about it that you didn't already cover, Eric. Uh, number four, John wick two. Uh, it is as John wick as John wick and John wick and it John wicks well. (laughs) Uh, it, when you walk into a movie going, I want to see this and then just have all of that, that's a good thing. It was just what I wanted it to be. My number three is Thor Ragnarok. By far the best Thor movie. Uh, Put a lot of funny in there without detracting from things. Uh, I like the fact that Idris Elba was good in this, whereas in previous movies he just existed, and I'm a big Idris Elba fan. Uh, I thought, uh, is it Tessa Thompson? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought Tessa Thompson was very good in this. yeah. Uh, I thought the action was very action-y, and the funny was very funny, and this was another movie where it just exceeded my expectations a bit, and I liked Taika Waititi. Uh, Number two for me was uh, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing's, uh, Missouri. Oh, dang. Uh, This movie makes the list because it was, this was an eight for me in a year where eight was about where movies topped out on my uh, up to ten list. And this movie, the sad parts were very sad. And it it was overall a very melancholy movie, but it was very human. And uh, it was very funny. I thought Woody Harrelson turned in a very good performance. I thought, in general, the acting was on. It's a quirky movie, but I like quirky movies. It had personality. And so I, I just really... This was a really good watching experience. I thought this was a well-made movie. And my number one movie, because it just goes down so smooth, is Baby Driver. Hmm. The audio mixing, as Nathan said, was perfect. This is just a great watching experience. I could watch it in the theater again. I can watch it at home. I could pick it up at any point during the movie on TV and watch it from there to the end. I could watch only part of it and then tune away from it and do something else, and then just play the whole rest of the movie in my head. This was just a really enjoyable movie. I think the watchability is so high on this movie that it has to be my number one. I don't think there will be a single other movie from this year that I watch as many times in my life as I will watch Baby Driver.
0: All right, that's it. That's our top fives from this year. Uh, Send us your top five movies from 2017. And uh, just know if it includes Lady Bird, I'm probably going to make fun of you. And if it includes hating on Star Wars: The Last Jedi, I will probably make fun of you. Uh, not that I didn't, I didn't like Lady Bird. I just, I was, was I was Caucasian. I was in like with Lady Bird. I was not in love with it. I was in like. I with I saw it. the commercials, and I still don't get it. Um,
1: it's not for you, Eric. All
0: right. So for Eric Ronebeck, for Kevin Garber, I'm Nathan Santo, and we will see you guys in one week because we don't take any days off uh go hawks
1: no sleep to brooklyn My friends with me. But well, I got nothing but a little song, a little tune to play, to make the good times